an argument over something, they do beansy, and then panic because they don't know what to do with the body. So they put the sucker into the icebox, Jones said, bending to examine the heel print in the blood. Borelli nodded agreement and brushed his fingers through his wavy black hair. At thirty-six he had the haggard look of a man juggling too many girlfriends. The crime scene guys just pulled up, the uniformed sergeant called in from the living room door. Let's wait outside till the lab boys get done, Borelli said, leading Jones through the front door. The two detectives stood glumly on the worn gray boards of a broad front porch that once bore the weight of rockers and gliders and was now devoid of any furniture in a neighborhood where a footstool wouldn't last the night. They watched as the crime scene detectives slid their battered black valises out of a dark green station wagon. The patrol sergeant's radio motor patrol car was parked at the curb in front of the wagon. Leaves from a sickly-looking maple tree in front of the crime scene on Brooklyn's Rutland Road were just starting to turn as September eased closer toward the fall. Borelli stepped off the porch and lit a cigarette. The massive concrete towers of Kings County Hospital and Brooklyn State Hospital loomed in the bright morning sunlight on Clarkson Avenue a few blocks away. He turned and looked at the emergency service police officers who were stooping over and combing the weedy backyard, their eyes fixed on the ground as they searched for the murder weapon. A made guy gets popped and it's treated like an accident case today. A few years ago this place would have been crawling with headquarters brass and television cameras. Borelli seemed almost wistful. There's so many of them being off these days that one nickel and dime pinky ring is no big deal. Jones said, looking at the three remaining one-story frame houses on the block, with their pitched roofs and porches with peeling paint overgrown with yellow weeds. Large parcels of weed-choked land separated each house. Old tires and the skeletons of stolen cars decorated each vacant lot. To the west, the Jackie Robinson housing project stood on a stretch of land once ruled by Ebbets Field and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Modern apartment buildings a block away towered over the small houses. Looking east at the two-story brick Trump homes that were built in 1935 to replace many of the farmhouses, Jones found himself trying to imagine what the tiny valley of Pigtown had been like as farmland, with wooden shacks, chicken coops, and pigsties. It's hard to believe that there were pig farms in this section of Brooklyn up until the 60s. Pigtown used to be a big wise guy hanging out. Now it's nothing but low rent, Borelli said. He gazed off at the distant limestone 7-1 precinct police station that looked like some medieval manor house perched six blocks away atop the steep rise of Empire Boulevard. The old 7-1 has seen a lot of changes over the years. Every precinct in this town has seen a lot of changes. Yeah, but not like the 7-1. Come on, let's do the canvas and see if any of these drones saw anything. What about the boss? Borelli looked at his watch. It's ten to twelve. He finishes his piano lesson at noon. I'll call him then. Lieutenant Matthew Stewart, the whip of the seven-one detective squad, sat at a Steinway parlor grand piano, his long fingers gliding effortlessly over the keyboard as he played Beethoven's sonata in B-flat major. Stewart had loved music since he was a kid, and always wanted to play the piano, but there had never been time to take lessons. Then, five years ago, his wife had walked, and he'd found himself divorced, and suddenly there'd been a lot of time, 
more than he'd known what to do with. He had been determined that he was not going to spend his time sitting on the pity pot or drowning his loneliness in a vodka bottle the way a lot of divorced cops did. So, a few years ago, for his fortieth birthday, he'd given himself a present of piano lessons and begun scheduling himself for a day duty every Tuesday and taking an eleven o'clock meal hour so he could go to his teacher's comfortable apartment on the ground floor of a turn-of-the-century brownstone on Brooklyn's Fenimore Street to take his lesson. "'That was good, Matt,' said Denise Ritter, a handsome woman on the threshold of fifty with lustrous black hair— She was sitting on a chair next to her pupil, watching his still awkward fingering with her limpid gray eyes that seemed to miss nothing. You have to pay more attention to your fingering, she pointed to the sheet music. In the second measure, what fingers of the right hand should play the G and B? The second and fourth. That's right, but you did not use your second and fourth, and you recognized...